Now this is podcasting presents Lyrical Time Capsule. Hey, this is Lyrical Time Capsule, where we subject the lyrics of songs to a rigorous and pseudo-intellectual analysis, decode, deconstruct, and debate them, and ultimately decide if the song deserves to be preserved eternally for whatever sentient life should unearth them from this time capsule that we're going to bury uh, before, just before the collapse of, uh, of earthly civilization. Uh, my name is Hugo, and with me, as always, <laughs> episode one is... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> hey, it's Ming. Nice. Surprise. It's me. Yes. Hello. Uh, so we thought we'd we thought we would have the very original idea of being a couple of fellas um, subjected to various degrees of lockdown <laughs> and decide to do a podcast. Um, and and this is the idea that no, sorry, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go uh, conceptual. We've been tasked. We've been tasked with a very important duty. It's my mission. We have to go through lyrics of iconic songs and decide if they're worthy of being preserved on on the basis of their lyrics. Yes. So we've been given a job. I don't know who by. And um and this is what we're this is what we're attempting to chew today. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. Hugo. Yes. The epic and mysterious, uh, and and sumptuous and mind-boggling epic opus by Queen. Uh, this is what we've decided to kick things off with. Uh, this nineteen seventy-five six-minute in piece of insanity. <laughs> is this real life? Yes. So the very first, the very first thing that comes to my mind when I hear that. Is this the real life? Is the once the one time viral video David at dent at David at the dentist? Uh, <laughs> okay, go. Well, remind me. It's a young boy strapped into a booster chair in the back seat of his mother's car, and um, uh-huh. he's he's obviously coming out of some kind of deep anesthetic experience. Yes, and he says, "Is this real life?" Good. Okay. Okay, good. I like it. <laughs> but that's good. That's good because it because it places it in in the context where it, the the song opens with with this existential question. Yeah, uh, it's it's a big opener. And it's a big opener, <laughs> and something that always struck me before trying to place it into a broader context. Why does he say the real life like that? Isn't what we say, we say, is this real life, right? Like, yes. like your man, your little man from the video. Yes, game. exactly. So why does he say the real life? That that always puzzled me. Well, I was just wondering if there is a, um, if there is a a reason in terms of a singing vocal performance that he did that. Does it sit better in the rhythm in the prosody for him to say, is this the real life instead of is this real life? What do you think? I, I I always felt that it was more about the meaning meaning of the literal meaning of the words, as in um, it, it's a suggestion of an expectation that it, that exists, a paradigm of of acceptability. Yes. yes, that's just me. Well, I agree, and it is the most 
is the most、uh, profound question possibly that someone can ask. Like, is this really happening? So, what we're about to hear about is is a is undoubtedly like a monumental life event that's gonna that's gonna be played out in this song, and it's something so huge、mm. that it has the it has the narrator、mm. questioning: Is this is this real?、Mm. But but more more importantly, I think that that single word the、um, it, it leads leads to the suggestion that there is. An existing、uh, expectation of of status quo. That's、uh, that that one word. Yes, you're right. You're right. It changes it because if you say, "Is this real? Is this real?" It's not as it's not as universal. It's not profound as him saying, "Is this the real life? Is this the、mm. real life? Like, is this the life、mm. that everybody is supposed、mm. to lead?" So it becomes like this everyman type of. Uh, concept at that point is this the real life, the one that the the path, the one path that yeah, everyone's supposed the, the, to follow, the Campbellian, the Campbellian journey. Very good, and I'm I'm reminded of because you said that, I'm reminded of that one of my obsessions is the is the Divine Comedy、uh, Dante, and he starts with that. He says in the、uh, midway, sorry, in the midst of our life,、uh, I regain consciousness in a in a in a wood in a dark wood, so. So he he started in a weird way as well. His epic in the midst of our life. So it's everybody's life. So I don't know. There's、yeah. something. There's something similar there、uh, with this. Yeah. Is this the real life? Okay. You got anything else on that line, or should we move on to the next、no. half line? I think we got a bit heavy. Well, no, but it's 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 is that heavy? Like this is that heavy? I think. Is this just fantasy? <laughs> I think it is very、yes. heavy. Yes, it is very heavy. So, <laughs> is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Yeah.、Um, yeah. There's your dual options. Yeah. There are there, there are people trying to work this out at the moment. Are we living in a simulation?、Um, yeah. But also, are we living in the ev- evaporating hologram on the edge of a of a black hole? Yes, precisely. Yes, nice. I like that. But also,、um, fantasy being a, in my opinion, like a comforting illusion, and so、um, you know, life hits you. Sometimes life hits you, and and kind of fa- fantasies or or the ability to have comforting illusions just evaporates. So that for me is is the is somewhat possibly the duality that's being set up. So the real life, like like the the unquestionable.、Um, Impact with with reality, or or a, a comforting illusion of fantasy. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned duality、um, because I think that's a that's a really strong theme throughout the whole、uh, lyric narrative,、um, as we'll find out later. Should we listen to some more? Yes, please. Should we should we plow through the rest of this phrase? <laughs>、uh, yeah, sure. Let's try that. So caught in a landslide, you know. Let's not get too, let's not get washed away on the fact that it's a little cliche or we've become so used to it. What is what is a landslide or what is land? <laughs> you know, where you 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 know you keep your feet on solid ground. You're able to understand, like we're we're trapped, we're we're absorbed by gravity or we're pulled by gravity onto this ball, 
and we have the illusion that we are on solid ground at, at all times. Suddenly the land collapses from underneath you. And so what does that do to someone? When, when, when everything that they thought was solid is suddenly swept out from underneath them. It, it, it can, these, these things can seem like cliches that pass you by, but, but there's, there's a profound quality to yeah, that line, I think, in particular. Yeah, I, th- I think that the questions, that, well, they might seem cliche, but they're cliche because they're, they're foundational and they're universal questions. You know, the, the, as, you know it's yes. the existential it's the ever-present existential question. It's existential. You're dead right. I think that this is definitely, mo- most obviously, within the realms of existentialism. Now, just as a songwriter, this this one is interesting. Um, Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Hang on a second. Freddie, didn't you just say, is this the real life? And now you're telling me there's no escape from reality? I'm confused. I think the first two questions, uh, sorry, the first two lines are questions. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Then he moves into statements. Caught mm. in a landslide, no escape from reality. So once you, you, can, you, can, you can ask yourself, is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? But then once something happens like a, a landslide or a metaphorical landslide and, and all of your foundation is, is ripped out from under you, at that point... There's no escape from reality. For me, these first lines are a sort of chorus uh, voice, like like someone's commentating from outside. And then we start to hear the narrator's voice, I believe. Ah, presently. Let's, let, let's see if that fits. The, the, the choir continues briefly. Oh, does it? See, I don't even know the song. Open your eyes. Yes. Look up to the skies and see. What are we looking for? Okay. Divine intervention. Good. So I, I, I jumped the gun. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. We, we imagine a character, a character who's, who's gone through a landslide and is maybe... <laughs> maybe after it, just kind of on their back, looking up at the sky and seeing what? Yes, what? What, what, what is human's connection to looking up at the sky? Like, what do we... The divine. Sin- Transcendence. Y- yes, exactly. Gen- generally, generally, yes. It's an encounter with the divine. We, we, we kind of make that contrast, don't we? We, we think of the, the world as this kind of mundane, literally that's what mundane means, the world. And then, and then we look to the sky for uh, the higher, the higher spiritual, the higher truth. So, after this, after this impact with reality, where the question is answered: Is this the real life, or is this just fantasy? No, it's dead real. It's pretty real. It's th- shit just got real. The the, the this this character uh, that we're about to hear from is kind of just looking up at the sky, and seeing what. Okay, let's hear. What of what do you think of that? What do you think of that? I'm just a poor boy. Mm. How does that strike you? Well, he's a victim. He's feel, the character's the character's feeling like a victim, but I think 
um, resigned to their current fate or what they perceive to be their fate. Yes. They're definitely feeling out of control. Yes. What's good? I, I agree with that. And, and I need no sympathy. Mm. Um, given what, given what comes through the song. Well, this, this is our lot. I, yes. And I also believe that this is kind of like a prefacing of, of the conclusion of the song. Mm. Um, I think that this is jump. I think this is, this is feeding us the end conclusion of the song. Um, before we even start kind of thing. It's like, now we're going to find out how this person got to this conclusion. But point being, I'm just a poor boy. I need no sympathy. Then then we get into a more of, I don't know, what, what do you call this? Duality again? I'm easy come, easy go. Yeah. Little high, little low. Yeah. What, what kind of, um, what kind of, let, let, let me think about this. Uh, what kind of person are we, are we dealing with here? What kind of values do they do they appear to have? Oh, you're asking me. <laughs> well, I could do I I could do the rhetorical trick, but I'm just curious because I'm not even sure. Like I'm easy come, easy go, a little high, a little low. They're trying to they're trying to explain themselves. Well, I think they're trying to minimize the the impact of whatever the heck is going on here. Yes, a little bit. I re- I feel that. Yes, I I think. Because you don't you don't present you don't present yourself as a victim and then tell people you don't need sympathy. Yes, you know. I mean, like, it, it, is it a cry for help or, you know? I mean, and this, uh, the the duality in in the lyrics for this song just it just it inhabits every aspect of it. It's it's amazing how, you know, he's he's managed to take he manages to take you know thousands of years of archetypes and um hmm. imbue them into the 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 singular existential question for the for six minutes and with such range and um you know diverse diverse perspectives which is which is what you do when you're in crisis you know you 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 inhabit all these different versions of yourself and um and and ask the same question from all the different viewpoints you know yeah and it, it's just, it's it's a it's a miracle. This this song. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Let's listen to the rest of this verse. Let's here. listen to this verse and ask a couple more questions. Yes. Okay. Pause there. Just before the, just before the narration. Yes. So the final, you know, we get this block where it's just introducing this character. What kind of person is it? The 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 way that I would characterize it is is frivolous, and so far, um, a, a bit, let's say, adrift, morally adrift, and adri- and directionless. So any way the wind blows doesn't really matter to me. Like, okay, wind blowing, but you know, if 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 you were on a sailing ship. And you had that attitude. <laughs> you wouldn't really say that this person had a lot of direction. Like the wind blowing is is like a fundamental aspect of of you know navigation and things like that. You need to. It needs to matter. To this person, it doesn't. This person is easy come, easy go. I think it suggests actually that they 
they feel you know the the victim the victim portrayal just previously i think that i think it suggests that they feel like they deserve some kind of punishment oh okay but they're yeah. trying to be nonchalant about it you know okay good so they're kind of like resigned to their fate that's that's my that's my emotional vibe any, any way the wind blows like any whatever my fate's going to be doesn't really matter to yeah. me yeah 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 i've 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 lost i've lost control and i feel like perhaps i've wronged and maybe this is what I deserve. Yes, nice. Okay, I like that. This 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 turmoil. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, let's let's get into the narration then. Why why could this be? Yes. What what possibly could have happened for them to deserve this? What would be that momentous? Yeah. What would be the landslide? Let's find out. Let's find out now. Yeah. Baba, just killed a man. Put a gun against my trigger now he's dead whoa yeah brutal murder 101 yeah <laughs> yeah quite clear yeah whatever happened this is a this is the ultimate response damn son <laughs> yeah yeah you got you're going away yes yes at the very least depending on the era or location <laughs> at the very least so this is you know this is the ultimate he's, he's done the it's serious. One of the worst things possible. It's amazing. It's this is serious. It's an stuff. amazing thing that this that this opens like this. It's such a it's such a um, a popular song. It's it's deeply embedded in the culture, uh, uh, and and it's and it's considered to be universally appropriate for all ages. And yet it opens with a cold blooded murder, <laughs> and someone who doesn't care, and someone who doesn't care precisely. Precisely. He doesn't care. Yes. He's like, yeah. And so, so what? what's the immediate response? What's the immediate response? Does the person express sorrow for the victim in this? Let's play the next. Let's play the next part. <laughs> <laughs> Mama, life had just There is some, uh, no, but it's selfish. No, exactly selfish. Yeah, it's expressing <laughs> regret, but not, not in any way about. <laughs> not a, not a, not like not oh death. that that was a living being that I've mert- snuffed out. No, it's like oh no. life had just begun, and now I've gone and thrown yeah. it all away. Oh, I was just getting started. Woe is me. Not yeah. Not woe is the person and that I've killed, the man I've killed. I'd. I'd I'd like to send a message to the family. No, none of that. <laughs> no, exactly. No, like this is the wrong kind of contrition for this crime. Mm. Basically. Mm. Um maybe that's why it that's maybe that's why it needs a, a big uh emphatic drum hit right now. Amazing. Hmm. Amazing response. So there is some more regret. But not for the victim. And it's less selfish. Slightly. No, but it's less selfish. Slightly. Yeah. Yes, but it's but but 
who is he who's he expressing regret to and about now the primary attachment figure yes exactly and um for not for killing a man <laughs> for making his mother cry <laughs> It's astonishing. It's amazing. For embarrassing her in civil society. For embarrassing for embarrassing her. Yes, yes, exactly. For throwing a little tantrum and blowing some guys. Sorry, you can't go to the club anymore. <laughs> You're going to have to explain this to all your friends. I'm so sorry, mum. I'm so sorry that, that mm, I made you cry. No more cucumber sandwiches. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. So, so, you know, this is profound, really. I think that this this shows... This really, really cements the total moral adrift nature of this person um, at this point in the story. They, they just There's killed a man. There's something really beautiful about, um, not, uh, about elevating yourself from the confines of society's morality and paying debt to the, the primary attachment figure, your mother, you know, some, the most important person possibly in your life. Yes, um, in the, for the for this character, that that's who you you feel that you owe yes owe you know and um and and for letting them down you feel bad so I mean there's there's there is something um evolutionary about it there I, is yeah I I don't dismiss it entirely as in you don't dismiss the 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 the, the force of feeling that this person is expressing absolutely like you see it you see it as something legitimate. Yeah, that perhaps it's more important that they feel that they owe a debt to someone yes. who ha- has played such an important role in their life, as opposed to the the judging the jury. You know. Good. Yes, indeed. Um, now I don't think it's too soon to mention this, but we've got we've got. I guess you could say we've got three characters so far. We've got the narrator, we've got the victim, and we've got the person that the, the narrator is addressing what, what about the person what do we that, have here we've got what about the person that got killed yes that's what i meant the victim i didn't mean i i meant the victim of the the victim who got his brains blown oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not the not the purported victim woe is me victim but the narrator the victim and the and the mother okay what, what do we have so far we what what's I don't think this is too soon to mention, but what's maybe missing? It's a, it's a triangle. It is a triangle. Yeah. What's missing? Yeah, I'm asking. I'm asking. I'm asking. Oh, I uh, first got another no, rhetorical. No, I'm asking. I'm being. I'm being. Uh, I'm being. I'm trying to be Socratic and <laughs> and ask questions. I have a theory around this whole song. The divine. The divine could be. Yes. Yes. Could be. Could be part of that. The the div- the divine is missing. That's been al- the divine's been alluded to, but hasn't shown up yet. Which which often the divine does. Level, and I'm more than happy to go divine for sure. But in a more literal level, where is the father? Ab- absent. So so yes, there is there is a yes absent basically, and I think that that is a, a theme. You know that's worth mentioning on several occasions in this song. The 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 figure as you pointed out evolutionarily that that is owed a debt to and all of this thing is completely accurate but but there is literally not a single mention of a father in this so i think that that's noteworthy that either the 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 father is literally absent or the father is not thought to be mentioned 
and that is also noteworthy. In any in any case, the absence of the father, lyrically or literally, is noteworthy in this. I believe. Um, and so, and 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 you know, on a more basic level, I think the fact that the narrator is a poor boy, not only young but a male, um, lacking a father, I think that that's significant in this. So I think that that will probably come up later. Uh, we're going to get more references to Mama. But there are going to be more male uh, characters called upon later, and I wonder if any of them are the father. Has he been busted? Aha. Uh-huh. Well, well, busted has... either. Busted in what sense? Did did the did the pigs find him, or has he decided to turn himself in? Well, there you go. Exactly. He's either he's he's facing the reality. He's facing the reality. He's been caught in the landslide, and he's he's facing the reality of the of the. What's the word? The the complete paradigm shift that he's he's caused in his own life. I I reckon for sure. One thing that always struck me: Why does he say "send shivers down my spine" instead of "Don't we always say up my spine" in normal language? Yeah, normal language in in standard phraseology, we always say "it sends shivers up my yeah. spine," right? And in fact, I got a really inter- little tidbit. I was watching a doco about this song and when Brian May, who's on the screen right now, virtuoso guitarist, he was running through the, um, the, the files of the, of the track explaining how they recorded it. And when he got to that line, he said, he quoted it as send shivers up my spine. Oh. Like he couldn't even bring himself to say the, the, the line that Freddie had said because it's like not natural. It's only in this song. Well, I have a little theory, well, yeah, in the please. sense that um, that's that's quite a that's quite a good uh, songwriting technique. Very simple. Tell me technique. Well, just just to to take a um, a cliche or common phrase, and just to manipulate it slightly, just to discombobulate the listener, and and it and it can it can really bring uh, bring something to the fore. And and you think about you think about something that you've heard frequently in the past in in a very different way. Nice. Yes, just a slight change that changes the frame of reference of of the cliche itself. I love it. Well, I was going to ask you another question before I get into my theory. Is there, from a vocal performance perspective, is it more uh, aesthetically pleasing to use the down sound there rather than shivers up, shivers up, shivers down? Is it is it just better to sing? Yeah, I I think it, I think it uh, it does feel. It does feel better um, because sh- going from shivers up my yeah it's, yeah it's not quite be sati- awkward right it's not physically satisfying I I agree yeah yeah but my my theory as well around it was that um, 
we're talking a lot about descent. We're talking about uh, the downward trajectory, landslide. Someone's Landslides. falling. Someone's yeah. decadent. And and so at this point, with this physical sensation that he's getting, he's moving from the top of the spine where where the cranium is, and the shiver is going down, down to the down the back, down to the base, down to the more base emotions. Uh, so he's he's becoming less conscious at this point. He's become less conscious. Uh, and so that's one reason I thought that that the down instead of the up was a was a was a notable uh, change in in the phrasing. I also think uh, along the same lines. I also think because of the the character that's is is there's a character that's going to be introduced pretty soon, and I, I think the the descent is the perfect direction. Yes. Now, just a couple of phrases in here. Uh, bodies aching all the time. Purely purely kind of fe- feelings of uh just just emotions like racked with emotion or or do you think there might be some some withdrawal involved here or something like that uh i i i yeah i hadn't thought of that in 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 so many words i i i felt that it was just very um it's a it's a physical embodiment of of just those emotions i think yeah. i think it there's there's so much metaphor in this song, so many layers, but I I think it it's important not to forget the literal. Um, yes. As as a as a lyricist, it's you know that often you you're trying to have you're trying to use lines that can play both roles, and mm. but you you don't want to you don't want to sacrifice the literal for purely for metaphor, um, and so. I think if you if you're going through if you're going through a deeply unsettling questioning existential time you you're feeling it's very it's very higher thought but it 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 would inhabit you in a very primal physical way so yeah I I mean everyone was on gear weren't they <laughs> yes yes indeed especially freddy um... I mean, especially freddy where, where do you lean on this? Do you think this is this is? I mean, well, I guess we could get get to that later. But you know, you've mentioned Freddie. I wouldn't I, put too much. Yeah, I never I linked put too much this song on the druggy to him. Oh, really? really? The story? Oh, really? Yeah, not really. And I think that's something okay. we can debate Let's, later. We can unpack that later. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't link it directly to him. Do you need to drop your um? Do you need to drop your theory before we continue? Or should we listen to No, this? not really. Um, no, I think we can move on. But right. we'll we'll get to that later. I think that's a really interesting discussion point. How much of how much of this is either metaphorically or literally autobiographical? Okay, cool. That I think that here is an interesting point. Goodbye, everybody. I've got to go. Gotta leave you all behind and face the truth. Okay, so um everybody. The entirety of society. Yes. Like he understands that he's an exile now. Yes. Uh he he understands that this is this is it. Judgment is coming. Judgment is he he's he's done something so terrible that it's it's having physical effects on his body, and he knows that he is an exile from from society. All of them. He's got to go and face. What does he go and got to, he, go and face? He's he got made to face. his mother cry. Yes, indeed. Yes, that's it. The the highest crime of all. You made your mother cry. It's unacceptable. But what has he got to face? Has he got to face the judge? Has he got to face justice? No, he says he's got no. to face the truth. The fucking truth. Yeah, the fucking truth. Yes, the ultimate. When you look at the sky <laughs> for after you've gone down a landslide, you got some you got some truth to face, buddy. Okay, let's hear a little bit more. Mama, 
feel terrible for pausing there. Oh, yes. Awful crime against uh, the, yeah. the virtuoso Brian May. <laughs> but we're this is a lyric show. <laughs> so we're not interested, Brian. Shut, shut your, up, Brian. Shut your, your kinky guitar put your, up. Put your, we can talk about Brian put May your in 10 a second. Pound, put, put your 10-pound guitar you made down with your yes, piece. Yes, yes. Shut yeah, up. That's it. It's astonishing to me. Uh, you might as well talk about it now. Brian May has to be the most organized musician that's ever lived. Oh, he's a nerd. Because, because not only did he build his own guitar when he was, what, 15 or something? Yeah, but very, yeah. But he's managed to keep the same, like, coin. tuppence coin. Yeah. And he plays it with a pick. He plays. He uses yeah. that as a pick, and he's used that yeah. same configuration the same his entire life. Guitar. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like a, f- a, f- the, a fastidious, a fastidious anal retentive nerd. Yes, but think about all the, the musicians kind. we've ever known, including by Who? your leave ourselves. <laughs> How? Imagine any piece of equipment, any given piece of equipment, lasting. That long, let alone a pick, and let alone a coin as a pick. It's just I don't even have the same. Just, I don't. Ha, I don't have the same skin cells as when I met you. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Brian May is a freak. Is what we're trying to yeah, say. It's, um, it's, it's but just before we enjoy that solo, and I think we will play the solo with that in mind. But Mama, ooh, then we get the um, then we get the return of what do you call this when they repeat a, a refrain from earlier? What is that called? Uh, um, uh, damn it, uh, coda. Yeah, something like that. So we get this coda anyway. The wind blows. Like a, a, at this point, it's almost like a little bit taunting, right? Oh, you were. You you thought you were um you thought you were able to to navigate anything that that it didn't matter which way the wind blows, but now he's yeah. really face to face with some harsh reality, and 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 here it comes down to the core that you know I imagine we would all react like this, um whether this this is revenge from the from the people that he's killed one of them or or it's just justice and they're you know it's back when the death penalty. Um, was was common across the West. I don't want to die, you know. It's like, well, you should have thought of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> what about the guy that you killed? Did he want to die? Um, sometimes wish I'd never been born at all. Okay, great contrast, great juxtaposition. I don't want to die, but I also wish <laughs> I never existed. So, but that's that's. The- that's the eternal pain, isn't it? Of of yes, you know, real, the existential crisis that of I didn't ask for this, and now I'm I'm here to carry the burden. Yes, indeed. The pain of life, the pain of existence itself, the pain of existence itself, and it wasn't even worth existing. I think we can mention. You know, I'm not up on the technical term necessarily, but this is this seems nihilistic to me. Um, whether it's whether it's just momentary because of the the drama of the situation or whether we can take the the attitudes that the that that were mentioned before things like uh you know I'm easy come easy go little high little low any way the wind blows doesn't really matter to me and now sometimes wish I'd never been born at all it's really um 
is really the the encapsulation. I think this. I think this. I think we can say that this boy, this poor boy, has a nihilistic streak. I I I think I agree with you when you say it's momentary. I I think I would to to pun it. I would say it was denialism because um, I think he's nice. been in denial really? about the true gravity of his uh, of his crime until now. I think now it's really as you you said previously. It's it's starting to really hit home. I think it's really hitting home now that I fucked up. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so a final call to the mama. Before we go into a, well, let's hear Brian May solo. Why not? And then, and then we'll move into this extraordinary next section. Now, is that almost not? It's a. It's basically a lyric. Sure, it's definitely choral, right? What does it express to you? It's it's a it's a it's a transformative um, phrase. Musically, it's a transformative phrase because it takes you out of the the environment and the themes that we've been looking at, and you know, it connects you to a new place. Yes, sonically. Yeah. Because it just is perfect, this transition. Exactly what you described, this transitional phase. We, we move from something, yeah. this lament, of uh, the, the elegiac quality of the guitar and, and everything crystallizing. It's kind of like it's, it's, uh, it's melancholy, but it's, it's kind of triumphal at the same time. Uh, it's epic, mm. basically, for want of a better word. And then suddenly we mm. transition through these, to my mind, very complex chords to this new section. This might be a good time to ask you... What does Rhapsody mean? Rhapsody is uh, is kind of a chaotic collection. It's it's yeah, it's like a a melange. Okay, so it's a mashup mm. basically. Yeah. So that makes of. sense. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's, per- it's perfect. Um, <laughs> it is perfect. Perfect title. <clears throat> let's move into this new section and see. Yeah, let's go. What, what's happened? I feel like I should pause there briefly or should would yes. you like me to continue? No, I think pause. Um, everyone knows the flow of this. That's pretty heavy already. It's heavy. Heavy. This dense. I mean, I, I've, I've read interviews and stuff and it's Freddie just says, oh, it's just rhyming nonsense. I don't buy it for a second. Yeah, I don't I buy it for one is, second at all. This, this song <laughs> is one this of is, the most... One of the most yeah. heavily researched and planned yes. lyrical constructs I've ever yeah. witnessed. Okay, excellent. This is um, this is your time to shine, Hugo. Ha! We will see. So let's just pause for a second and just look at the one word in here. This is the second time I believe that we've seen the word man, right? Uh, Mama just killed a man, and now uh, I see a little silhouette of a man. You know, but what kind of man are we looking at? Which man are we looking at? Yes, to my mind, this this looms large. This is a a boy killed a man. Now a boy sees, and you know, let's just let's just say for for the sake of argument, uh, my my theory on this, and I I think other people do agree and have proposed this, is we've moved into a sort of um, 
a sort of trans, uh, what's the word for it? Hallucinogenic um, breakdown. He's having a mental breakdown, basically. Um, I always imagine this, that he's being kind of led to court or he's, he's in his, he's in a cell or something like that. Anyway, he's, he's moved into a phase of, of, um, of, of mental, mental breakdown, nervous breakdown. And, and this is the vision. This is now the vision that starts. So the first thing he sees is the shadow of a man. Now could be, could be the, the man he killed could be, um, could but it could also be, say again? Could be Batman. <laughs> could be Batman. The vengeance. <laughs> He's a wicked, cowardly lot. Um, yeah, who lives, who lives in the shadows and <laughs> gets away with it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, Batman could be the one. Uh, he could be, you know, if you were Batman, you'd, you'd have got away with it, buddy. Um, anyway, he sees a little silhouette of a man. For me, this is the, the missing... The missing manly, um, manly influence in this boy's life. Oh, really? Uh, it's either yes. It's it's the shadow. It's the shadow he's living in. The silhouette is the shadow. Um, for me, he's missing. He, he it's it's the man he should become. Uh, it's a mockery of the man he should become. Let's say he's living in its shadow. Really? It's a little silhouette. Oh, there you go. Oof. Yeah, this is where I go with it. And, and and also it could be the 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 absence. A silhouette is like a, an absence, right? Uh, it's just a shadow, a, a a blank space. It's the missing father archetype, isn't? Um, well, I'm glad you got there. I thought you were going somewhere else, because then the the important word for me is scaramouche. Yes, we'll 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 definitely get there. Um, but but I just wanted to address that line and just say yes, this is something that that springs to my mind. If if we're talking about a boy, a, a lost boy, a morally adrift boy who's just murdered someone, and 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 the the, the parent that they appealed to was the mama, with no reference to a father at all. Uh, to me, the the missing kind of archetypal influence in their life is is the father or the man, let's say. But go ahead mm. on Scaramouche. Next line. Yeah, well, from um, from the uh, Commedia dell'arte. Is is Scaramouche mm. not the um, the the sort of the the tricky clown character who, as I as I say, always gets away with it? Yes, he's cunning, he's a trickster, and yes, he's not. Uh, it's he's, slippery. He's not morally upstanding, let's say. No. <laughs> and he he gets away with stuff. He manipulates people. Is he an upstanding man? Do you, no, but uh, do you feel like do you feel like this is implicating Scaramouche as the father figure or as the as the as the as the judge, perhaps? Ah, uh, no, in, interesting. But I just want to say that I don't see these as this. I see the first line said by one voice, uh, the narrator's ah, voice, okay, and then the I'm second maybe. line, Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango? That's another voice addressing him. Right. Saying, the calling him a clown, basically, like a chorus. Mm. Yes, calling him a clown, mm. and then the fandango. Like, will you do the fandango? Like, you're 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 facing judgment. Will you face the truth, as he said before? I've got to leave you all mm. behind and face the truth. Or will he do a a clever clown fandango and and try to get yeah. away with it? So he's so so he's missing. He's he's in the shadow of the missing man. Let's say in the first line, he admits it. 
a voice in his head acu- uh, proposes that he could be a clown and try to dance away, dance his way around justice. Then what happens in his mind? What, what crashes in in the next line? Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening me. Oh my gosh. Dance. <laughs> so he, he gets he gets brought out of it. You know, he's tempted to dance away and do the fandango, just be a clown. Maybe play the victim, let's say, or, or try to cunningly avoid justice. But thunderbolt and lightning, like 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 his his brain yeah. gets uh, struck by lightning. He he he's struck by the awesome natural or primal or elemental power of nature now did i say natural nature twice doesn't matter he he gets hit by it <laughs> thunderbolt and lightning extremely powerful storm tempest in his brain can't very can't very frightening that. meat can't escape it can't escape it can't fuck with it can't can't dance around uh the thunder you called down the thunder well now you got it <laughs> so then we get and then Galileo repeated Galileo. five times. Why? Why Galileo? Galileo, Figaro, Magnifico. Well, why yes. Galileo? Mm. Why Galileo? Well, I, there's there's so much possibility here. Yes, there's and, so much um, possibility. So, I mean, the, there's the two things that I think of when you say Galileo. Um, one is is the the one that I think most people would think of, which is the scientists who developed, very famous for developing and um, producing telescopes. And what a what a weird coinky dink that Freddie's last name is Mercury. Nice. And Mercury not visible until Galilean telescopes. Oh, is that um, true? So I didn't know that. That's a weird. That's a weird one. That's excellent. Um, apparently, apparently they used to just use them to look at the horizon, you know, for ship navigation until one day somebody decided, like a singular person decided to point one up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Supposedly that event was like a really, that was a, a very, um, apparently you, it was documented. I, I, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But supposedly there was a noted time. It was the first, first moment that somebody took a Galilean telescope and pointed it up at the skies. Fuck me. Um, that uh, could be an it, absolute fallacy. I don't did know. Did they... Um, look up to the sky and see i think they may have had to adjust the focus um <laughs> or maybe it was maybe it was day and they went doesn't work yeah <laughs> <laughs> the other the other the other meaning that i think of when you say galileo is the most famous galilean ooh i never thought of that Fuck, that's brilliant. Oh my god, I never much? thought of that. That's excellent. Yes, that's Is it perfect. a stretch. No, I, well, fuck it. We're stretching all over the place. Just in case someone missed it, what do you mean? Um, Jesus Christi. Yes. Uh, the the son of the son of the Yahwehan God. Oh my god, that's brilliant. That's that's the two things I think of when I hear Galileo. Oh, I never thought of that. That's absolutely fantastic. Well, it fits brilliantly. Can I say because the other... Got, at the start of the song, we've got... Oh, no, no you go No, on. no, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, at the start of the song, it, it's, you know, there's we, there's a trilogy of characters and the, the duality, which, 
is ever present throughout the entire song. And to me, it just smacks of Christian overtone. Absolutely. And of course, very soon we get introduced to another character. But, you know, I, I think honestly, it's, it's pre Christian, but archetypes that um, Christianity really thrived off adopting. Yes. Zoroastrian, one might say. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll get exactly. there soon, I guess. Um, the third thing that I think of, which I was I was sure you were going to say, is that um, is Galileo uh, was unfairly tried um, by the oh, yeah. by the Catholic Church, the Vatican at the time. Yeah, sorry, for... I didn't get there. <laughs> sorry, I cut you off then. Um, yes, <laughs> no, no. he he I was jumped. he was put he was put on trial very unfairly for observing quite correctly that the that the um the earth went round the sun and not the other way around that the earth moved yeah um the earth that's, moved that's the other one that's the that's the other point i i did intend to make but i got sidetracked yes. by my jesus line um but but that why not the realization that the universe doesn't revolve around us yeah um well that's um when when so, so yes he 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 told everybody that the earth did move and and the universe didn't revolve around us perfect quite a landslide for the people at the time quite a landslide they fell down a landslide at that point they didn't want to accept it and they put him on trial um unjustly and he had to live out the rest of his days under house arrest right um f- forgetting those those links he he's appealing to um un, unjustly tried galileo like mm. he's he's right he's he's the victim of justice again or an injustice do you think or he's he's appealing to yes. the cosmic it's amazing they say galileo five times it's such an odd thing to say but i love your galilean mm. reference that's amazing and what's the in I mean, you, you've got a bit more Latin under your belt than I do. <laughs> um, Gal- Galileo, Figaro, and Magnifico. Well, I think we should get Figaro first. I'm not yeah. up on my opera. Are you? Who's Figaro? Okay. Not lately. I think I recall well, yeah. that Figaro, Figaro is also a bit of a, a trickster, if I remember. Yes. Um. Tries tries to see. bed tries to bed the the girl. Yes. Tries to tries also, to pull the wool over the girl's eyes to get her into bed. He, he does that, doesn't he? And it's there's a lot of trickster stuff involved in it. Um, and Figaro is a is a cunning character, who's also mm-hmm. kind of from the from the common folk. He's he's from the common folk, and he pulls the wool over the eyes of the of the nobility, kind of thing. Yes. So I mean, if you're does, facing does down, his, does he get his does he get his comeuppance in the end? I can't remember. I don't know, and I don't know. Maybe if anyone's listening to this, they can school us in the comments. Um, but he's he's definitely someone call, who's call now. <laughs> uh, I think he's definitely someone who who plays fast and loose with 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 yes. morality. And other people's he, women. Other people's women, and he also uh, he he kind of sticks it to the. He punches up. Let's say he sticks it to the nobility. I think that's when you're a when you're a at the at when you're called to court, uh, called to the justice of of the society, then you you might feel well like you should be um, pulling one over on these people. 
Yeah, I can see from your screen. They portray the abuse of power by aristocrats. He's trying like, to resist. Yes. Resist the abusive power. The abuse of the of the nobility. I we I think maybe we we preface we preface that incorrectly. Yeah, I think maybe we preface that a little harshly. But but he's still a trickster. You know, he's, he's a similar trickster figure. I think as who Scaramouche. But a little, a little more admirable in that in that way. Yes, a little more admirable for sure. Please don't fuck my wife. <laughs> yes, indeed. Please don't fuck my wife. Oh, that's right. I just remembered. I just remembered. Because um, if you're the if you're the the if you're the the noble in charge of a certain um, body of of body corporate, then on on the the peasant's wedding day, you as the king or or whoever, you get you had a, a right to step in, <gasps> and you could say, hey. Um, that that virgin bride today, I get to bed you instead of your hu- new new husband. Was that is that not correct? Prima nocta. I think that's what it came from. I only know that from Braveheart. Yes. Is that a real thing? Yeah, that's just I get disgusting. I get first tap. Oh my god, disgusting. Yeah, I get first from tap. Some and so Figaro, Figaro was um, Lord. rebelling. Oh my god, terrible. Yeah, terrifying. Well, yeah. you know that you know that's real injustice. So yeah, we we framed we framed Figaro incorrectly. Okay, he's a victim of injustice as well, and he's kicking against it. Mm. So he's calling in these these figures, right? These, these these at least these two figures, Galileo and and Figaro, who are uh, victims of of injustice. Yeah, and and Galileo gets said five times because there's probably like five or six other meanings of his meaning of his. Uh... Oh, you're going to do uh, magnifi- magnifico? No. Well, we've got magnificent, but it has a much more divine uh, meaning in sort of catechism, doesn't it? Yes. Magnificent is how you describe it. Yes. God itself is magnificent. Yes, the, d- the divine, once again. Yes, but, 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 the, but the part of the divine is in the, in the Catholic catechism or at least the Christian catechism or whatever is, is authority. The exalted. It's, it's, yeah. it's, really the, it's really the divine, but also the divine justice, I think. The, this podcast of, is really exalting. Yeah, <laughs> the the yeah the divinity and 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 kind of the 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 Godhead is tied up in the Christian in the Christian theology with justice, really, because it's all about it's all about uh, it's all about how Beg, begging for forgiveness. Yeah, basically, and facing eternal. Punishment or reward, oh. whatever. I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family, sparing his life from this monstrosity. It's a pretty self-explained. Yes, it, it's kind of tacked on to what we were talking about. Exactly, it exactly. But now he's the one saying. Before he said, "I'm a poor boy, I need no sympathy." Yeah, and that's why I say it's like a conclusion. Now it's... now he's begging, yes. <laughs> or in in yes. this in this hallucinatory passage, he's begging. I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. Oh, poor poor me, poor victim. These other voices come in and they and they speak for him. They're almost like uh, attorneys, kind of thing, or or um, people in the in the gallery uh, of of the courthouse. He's just a poor boy from a poor family. Spare him his life from this monstrosity. Okay. Enormous theme. 
I think, of justice. How much does someone's background figure into to how they're treated by the law or should? Oh, it's one of those things again. (laughs) 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 Well, we know know from history that um, class, bigotry, prejudice, um, all reliant on the agenda of the leader of the day. Yes, and given this, this, this song has a kind of, a kind of classical feel. It's almost like so much. Of, it, it could apply to so much of history. Forgetting the gun, for example. But, but yes, the, the, his, his, um, his appeal at this point. I'm just a. He's just a poor boy. Their appeal. He's just a poor boy from a poor family. And to me, it feels like a chorus of angels because, uh, I mean, there's so many... If we're looking at the the classical formats, the musical formats that are being um, drawn from here and, and and all of the themes, the you know, the archetypal themes, um, your characters and themes, then, you know, in the, the Greek, Greek traditions heavily influenced Christianity, of course. And um, it was always a, it was the chorus of angels speaking on behalf of the the forlorn character. So to me, this this is just classic reference. Yes, yes, um, but it's in my mind, it's all occurring in his head, um, and he's scrambling around for to be represented like that in the face of justice. Like he wants people to say that about him. Come on, let him go. He's just a poor boy. Uh, you know he's had a hard life. You know, don't 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 come down too too hard on him. Um, so you know he's kind of he's kind of begging, he's praying for that to be the way. The, the, the yeah, but also the, you know angels angels is the chorus and and angels. I, I, it feels very like an angelic chorus to me, and angels being the, yes. the bridge between the divine realm and and the earthly realm, and you know enjoying the company of 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 man and and sort of advocating on their behalf. Mm. Yeah, no no argument, absolutely. Well, okay, so they make that appeal on his behalf. I think in the next <laughs> line he kind of undermines it and shows that you know <laughs> that the song is kind of mocking that that uh appeal. Like to some degree, yes, your background and and your life uh, does should intervene on your behalf in in relation to your actions and judgments upon you, but there's some things that are just too bad. Uh, they they go over the line, and and there's really nothing in your background that should be able to explain you cold bloodedly blowing someone's brains out, and and then trying to escape justice for it. So so then he says, well, <laughs> just just play one more line. Okay, so I think he just goes back to his nihilistic frivolity there. Easy come, easy go. It's like, come on, th- that life wasn't really worth that much. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just, he's just a guy and I blew his brains out. Easy come, easy go. Come on, will you let me go? Like, I think that the song is mocking that appeal. I think, I think at this stage it's desperation. Mm-hmm. I think just clutching at straws like anything, I'll, just, I'll throw anything out there. That's uh, that's kind of my vibe. Okay, yeah, I I agree with that too. 
Let's let's play the next passage. Especially the vo- especially the voice. Will you let me go? Yes. Like, come on, how about it? <laughs> yes. True. 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 Let's let's play right, the next part. Let's, let's listen. Bismillah. No, we will not let you go. Let him go. Bismillah. We will not let you go. Let him go. Bismillah. We will not let you go. Let me go. Will not let you go. Okay, good. Perfect place to pause. <laughs> yes. Wow. Bonkers. Amazing. Astonishing. Astonishing achievement. Uh, well, so... They wore and, the tape out. Yeah, indeed. They wore the tape out recording vocal dubs. Apparently. Yes, they pushed it. They pushed it to the absolute limits of the current technology. So the, the let's say, fantastical or, or internal hallucinatory... Judgment get gets more elaborate. We have we have him begging to be let go, and and we we still have the chorus of angels saying let him go. But then we have a new voice saying no, we will not let you go. And they say a very interesting word. They say Bismillah. Well, they say Bismillah. Yes, Bismillah. What's what's the significance of this as far as you know? It's the opening line. The opening phrase from the Quran. Yes. By, in the name of Allah, it's right? An appeal. It's an appeal. Yes. In the name of Allah. Okay. So at the very least, we could say that this is divine justice saying no. Do you agree? Is it the same voice saying, Bismillah, no, we will not let you go? Or is it, or is it the angel saying, by Allah, will you let him go? The no, right? No, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I think you think it's the, it's no. the angels. I think it's the no. No, I I agree. I agree with you. I think. It's oh, cool, the cool, no. cool. Yes, I think that I think yeah. the divine judgment is coming down and saying no. In the name of Allah, we will not let you go. This the, the, correct. God, God has spoken. Divine justice must must occur, and never let you go. No, 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 no. <laughs> So, <laughs> no, so no, like a lot of no's. Yeah, a lot of no's. <laughs> never, it's never very let decisive. you go. No, 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 no. So it's you know beyond a life sentence. <laughs> um, so, so you know, here it is. Here is the father, basically, right? I mean, I think I think Allah yeah. is, is gendered in Islam. So all of a sudden, we have another male character, and it's Allah. Mm. And the male character, the, the the figure of divine justice, says, "Nobody, <laughs> you're going away." In his own head, he's a, you know, he might have said Galileo before, he might have referenced the Galilean, but is this guy, is this narrator a uh, um, a Muslim fella, one of our Muslim friends? Is that why the, the when, when it came time to embody uh, divine justice, having its, having its word on him, that was the word that came in? It wasn't by God, it wasn't hallelujah, anything like that. It was bismillah. I wonder. But this mm. is a good time to mention some 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 Freddie Mercury history. Some um, trivia. A bit of trivia. So Freddie Mercury Freddie Mercury's family escaped from Zanzibar. Uh, I'm not sure how old Freddie was. But it was after the, or, or at the time of the Zanzibarian, if that's the adjective, uh, the Im- revolution in Zanzibar. Impressionable. I believe he was of an impressionable age. He certainly was a, a, 
a very young, very young lad, let's say. Um, and, and so his, 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 um, his family had, had to escape from a bloody revolution, um, which was not religious in nature, but Zanzibar was no. a, was a, it was an is, sorry, but card carrying, it was race. it was racial, it was racial. Yeah. So, so Zanzibar is a, is a, you know, has been since the, whatever, crikey, I'm going to have to look it up, but something like the 1600s or something like that <laughs> has been a, a Muslim island. And, mm-hmm. but there mm. was a, there was a kind of caste system where the Arabs were, were mm. the ruling elite. Uh, and then the, there was this uh, kind of influx of um, South Asian. So I guess you'd say uh, Indian folk, Parsis. Who were were Zoroastrians, and that's um, that's Freddie's family, and they came to Zanzibar to do business and and conduct themselves. But they're not Muslim; they're Zoroastrians or Persians, originally, or sort of Farsi, or sort of Indian converts to Zoroastrianism. Anyway, when the revolution came about, it was very much the the local African population deciding, well, stuff this, like we you know we might have the same religion, but we're being oppressed by these. Um, Arabs on top, and so they massacred them uh, in one night. Uh, bloody revolution, and they were taking revenge also on these uh, on these Indian fellas, and that was Freddie's family. So they had to escape, and they escaped to core blimey London. So when Freddie, who's from a Zoroastrian background, uses the phrase Bismillah, is he? referencing his sort of early archetypal memories of of staunch <laughs> staunch islamic uh spiritual sense of justice like he's calling that to mind you know if if he left zanzibar as as a as a boy are some of his earliest memories of kind of jurisprudence jurisprudence i can't even say that word jurisprudence <laughs> And, and just the justice system are they connected deeply archetypally with with Islam? And so when he wants my to, answer, my answer to that is yes. <laughs> yeah. So when he wants in his song to to personify no, I, I, divine justice, I absolutely agree. Yeah, that's the word that comes to his mind. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, because yeah. of that time in his life. So when he came to London, that's not the community he was in touch with at that time. You know, he's just with his Zoroastrian family and in a Christian and, nation. And it's the and it's the opening, it's the it's the very first phrase. Yes. And so, you know, that's if you're if you have limited familiarity with something and especially from childhood, I mean that something that you've heard a lot, you're gonna you're gonna hear the opening volley more than many other um, parts, you know, the, the first the first couple of words, the first sentence in a book, that that's a very popular book. You're going to yeah. hear that a lot. But it's it's so, beyond that. It's not I mean, just that, because it's the opening. I'm to just the saying Quran. that just makes sense. Yeah, that just makes sense. But I think it's a very common phrase that's just thrown around. <laughs> like most deaf, of course, started his album like that. Black on both sides. I'm pretty sure that's what he's saying. The very first line is bismillah and then there's there's a continuation yeah, of the phrase which i don't have to hand yeah. it basically means in the, in the name of allah and muhammad yeah. is his prophet something like that and and he says that at the beginning yeah. of his album so it's something that can be can yeah. be invoked at any moment uh in in islamic yes. culture i believe someone can correct us in the comments 
But anyway, this it's is all, it's almost it's almost blasphemous. Like you can, it's like a, it's a thing you can say without being blasphemous. You know, yes, in I the guess moment so. when you want to say something blasphemous, you know what I mean? Oh, you reckon it's like that, like an oath, like a like a bit of a swear, like, a bit of a swear, like oh Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, but like a, an approved. Yeah, okay, an approved okay. one. Yeah, interesting. That's, that's so it's said vibe. out of anger. I, I always thought it was said like a like a blessing, like an invocation. Well, it has to be. Aha! Got you. Got you. Got you. Okay, well, yeah. that's, that's that's just fascinating to me, like that he included that word. It's mm. one of the most popular songs of all time, and so yeah. and and you know we we have people who who sing this. I sing it all the time, and and so I'm when I repeat the words, I'm actually singing the opening to the Quran. I'm I'm invoking the name of Allah every time I sing it. Every time he sang it, he was too. To me, that's an astonishing little tidbit of culture that he threw that in. You know. It's just amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think the fact that um, that Islam borrows or integrates so much from the Christian tradition, and that the Christian tradition borrows or integrates so much from Zoroastrianism, uh, duality and archetype characters that are present there. I mean, it just to me, it all just seems they all seem like a continuation of the the one mythology to me a bit of a so a bit of a melange, a bit of a rhapsody yeah, a rhapsody of, of religion a, a rhapsody <laughs> of of cultural uh appropriation yeah, yeah. no I, I mean to me it just seems like a one a single continuous thread and it makes it makes so much sense to me to invoke you know the 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 christian trilogy um and uh and then heading you know a, drawing from from ancient, um, uh, you know, pre-Christian ideas as well, with the chiaroscuro inherent in the divine and and the the devils, and um, I mean, I, you definitely would feel like I, I think there is an element of hell here too, you know, yes. throughout the whole piece. I don't think it is just divine judgment. No, but the, but hell is divine judgment in the Christian yeah theology. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. We're almost at the devils. I think we can. Yeah. I think we can go for it. Let's go. Let's go there. Let's go there. Shall we go to the solo? Oh, go all the way to the solo. Yes, please, man. You're the best. Oh, mamma mia, mamma mia. Mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me. For me. For me. Amazing! Just the just the the choir, just yeah, oh, the layering. Oh my gosh! Worthy, absolutely worthy. <laughs> so I I jumped the gun a little bit, but I was I was yeah, prefacing no, this word this this line coming up. Yeah, and, you're dead um, right. And there we are. So oh, mamma mia, mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Uh, Allah Allah has decided. The Father has decided, and you you're going down south, baby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To eternal punishment. Punishment's getting served out downstairs. Yes, indeed. Beelzebub, where do you sit with uh, your boy Beelzebub? Yeah, he's pretty rad. <laughs> Done some cool things. Become a little bit of an obsession for me lately. Not in the way that lately <laughs> I might have lately. Might have, yeah, no, not in the same way that he was before. I guess because I did have a little bit more research. Um, Beelzebub is is the same uh, name. For uh, Baal, I think I'm pronouncing that right. 
Baal, yeah. who is the Canaanite yeah. god. Uh, that the that the uh, our our friends, the wandering Jews, encountered in the desert, having escaped from Egypt, uh, they came. Yeah, they came Yahweh into, was not a fan. No way, and he was very jealous. Yahweh was right not to be a fan because um, the the one of the things that Baal demanded was I'm not going to do any more rhetorical questions. One of the things that Baal demanded was child sacrifice. Um, so. <laughs> Um, so they're wandering in the desert. Yeah, but then, but then, but Yahweh's Yahweh's. Uh, I don't think Yahweh's condemnation of Beelzebub was about <laughs> the child sacrifice, child blood sacrifice, because Yahweh loved he loved himself a bit of child blood sacrifice too. Are you talking about Isaac? <laughs> Yahweh of yeah. Jesus or who? Because I of, think of everyone from then onwards. As in, like, uh, flooding the whole planet and killing everyone. <laughs> Bro, where do you want to? Where do you want to start? And there's no end to it. I mean, it's just constant blood cult. Just you know, I think it's just jealous of the fact that Baal was like better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or at least more literal. I think that. I think that if. Mm, how can I put this? Um, <laughs> Yahweh, Yahweh. The in in the Bible. There are actually very explicit uh, condemnations of of at least literal child sacrifice. Um, so so when it comes time for him to tell, shit, I'm going to get this wrong. Abraham to kill Isaac, like that's that's yeah. that's the point when when a, a you know a Canaanite would have had no doubts whatsoever. It's like, oh, yeah, all right, my my God, Baal is is telling me to kill my son, and just just go for it. And then the fact that they, you know, he comes in at the last second and says, "No, no, no, no! Don't kill your son. Kill this lamb instead." That's a massive. Well, you tell me what's what? No, you, you, but you're you're kind of um, letting him off the hook. Well, that's more torturous. It's it's it is it is a form of torture. I'm not approving of it, <laughs> but it is not child sacrifice. <laughs> and so so I think there's a massive distinction there. And so basically this is the way I've come to the conclusion is that is that at least Exodus and most of the Old Testament oh sorry at least Exodus and the and the um the, the you know the 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 purported carving of the of the 10 commandments is almost exclusively anti-Canaanite anti-Baal um propaganda. Yeah, so it's propaganda out it's all the way. Yeah, whether that is is all out of jealousy way. or not but it's it's almost explicitly designed to to yes, avoid one one of the major things being to to erase eradicate the practice of child sacrifice. That's one of the main aspects of it, in my opinion. That's the way I've come to look at it. I feel like it was. I feel like it was more. I think feel like it was more um, propaganda to encourage the eradication of the Canaanites. Yeah, I I don't I I would need to sit with that. It, it's quite possible. I don't know what happens in the end. Do they kill all the Canaanites? What happens? They they bring down the walls of Jericho. Do they? Is that the Canaanites? Yeah, they 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 genocide the fuck out of everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. In I, the I'll, name of yeah, um, yeah. I think that they do do that. Um, don't but, don't kill kids, but kill all of their kids. Yeah, kill the kid killers. I'm, it's not. It's all. It's all. It's yeah. It's all blood cult insanity from head to toe, man. I, I can't condone anyone over anyone else because they're all into it. 
Well, I think that there was a little bit more literal. Uh, I think you know you got you, you, <laughs> the nuance in this is that is that some of it was more brutal than others, and I think that the Canaanites sure. <laughs> and, and the Canaanites was. And so, what you have to do is what you have to do when you're trying to when you're trying to carve out a rational civilization is just keep incrementally. <laughs> Um, you keep taking incrementally incremental steps in the direction of less less brutality. Oh, oh, I'm yes. with you. You think so, it was like it was like a baby baby steps um legislation baby steps. Okay, nice. I'm with you. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. was baby steps. Precisely, it was baby steps out of child sacrificing brutality. Right. I mean, okay. So just just to just to make this a little bit more clear about how brutal it was. Um, I think that. You know the part in the Ten Commandments where it says, uh, "You shall not worship craven." No, what's it called? Graven images. Yes. You know, so so ostensibly, you're not supposed to worship any statues anymore. Yeah. But that wasn't what that meant. The Canaanite, the way the Canaanites used to worship a statue, was that the statue, I think, statue, the image, the graven image, the graven image, I think, was made of metal, and it had a fire burning in it, and the mouth of the of the of the god was open. This is Moloch or, or Baal. I'm not sure which one. And the mouth of it was open to a fiery pit. And the um, the child bound up was placed living on the opening of the yeah of the Chuck- thing and and burnt inside. I like yeah, burnt alive. In, chucked into the fire. So burnt slowly though, and then and, was and then it, it consumed. Was it a bull? Was it a bull? That's I've Moloch. Forgotten. Yes, thank you. That's Moloch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, same religion. Baal is the other humanoid god in that religion. Mm. And that's where we get Baalzebub from. Mm. That's that's where this is coming back around to. So yes, replaced with a blood cult, one which we don't approve of, particularly at its activities back then. But but it was a baby step out of living <laughs> the fire. Living burning of your firstborn child as as a ritual. So that's just an aside because because that's not what he says at this point. He says Beelzebub, who then gets cast <laughs> as a as, then gets rightfully, in my opinion, cast as a demon instead of a god. So that's more propaganda, whatever. Um, Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me. So we always think that the devil. We, nowadays we think the devil. It's like one singular thing. But this this yeah, but is that's, but that's like Santa Claus, you know. Yeah. Well, no, but also, but this is sophisticated because it shows that Freddie knew Freddie really knew his his mythology and he knew his medieval. Oh yeah. He knew his medieval. Yeah. Um, what's the oh word? yeah. His medieval meta, metaphysics, let's say, because there were numerous, countless devils, and uh, and yeah. down in hell, according to Dante again, um, there are even you know just hundreds of them. And they, they, you know, they have the classic pitchfork and stuff like that. And, and you know, one of them would be assigned, yeah, sure, literally, uh, or could easily. There are that many of them to torture you uh, or the narrator, let's say, for eternity. And sure, be, making Beelzebub uh, uh, the kind of the guy who organizes that, like the guy in charge of, ooh, can't wait for you to get down here because I've got a special devil. <laughs> I've picked one out specially for you. Um, yeah, that fits completely. It's a pretty sophisticated uh, understanding of of medieval kind of uh, broader Christian theology, the theology there. and yep. and 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 yeah, and mythology and theology. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's good stuff. Shall we continue? Yes, please. Shall we, shall we get slammed? <laughs> Go on. 
Pretty trad religious punishment. Yes. Uh, stone me and spit in my eye. Um, yeah, I get confused at this point. Uh, it, it kind of my whole theory falls apart. I don't really know who he's talking to at this point. Um, but <laughs> the first two lines, well, you know, because I, I feel like I've got everything tightly, tightly delineated. And then it comes to this part and I'm like, who's he talking to? Did he have, you know, first two lines, like the first line is, is, is clear in my mind. It's very much a he who has not sinned cast the first stone kind of vibe. Um, You know, who are you to judge kind of vibe? What do you think? Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. But then, well, let's play the rest of this section, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, so who loved him? Yes. Was it the world? Is it is it an individual? Is it the father? Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's, I'm assuming it's not mum because, you know, he's appealing to mum. Yes, well, he, you know, it just seems Maybe to... Maybe it is mum. It could be mum. It could be an edible thing going on here. Maybe it is mum. Um, but, um, but, you know, it seems more like a classic, I don't know, bluesy type lyrics when you're talking to some... Some woman who's, or a partner, romantic partner, let's say, who's who's abandoned you kind of thing. This is like, where did that come from? Where's this ooh baby? Who's baby? Um, so I don't know. I get confused at this point. My, my theory kind of goes off the rails a little bit. You think you can love me and leave me to die? Ooh, baby. I mean, is there is there a, a kind of romantic partner that we don't know about kind of thing? I actually... Should should I do this now or should I wait a bit? I don't know what you're doing. I actually I actually feel that this is in the on the duality coin. Mm. This is I think this is the the narrator appealing to the other side of their own person. I think this is an internal argument. Nice. Nice. That's what that's what I think is happening. I like that. So part of himself has left and left him to die. Mm-hmm. And maybe his, and and I and I think this is where this is where we come into the autobiographical mm. question. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Now's a good time. Sure. Yeah, um, because I, I mean, I sense from you that you don't you feel that this is much deeper and and larger than the than the literal Freddie Mercury. Whereas I, I feel that there is a lot more. Um, autobiography going on here and and a and a sort of shift and awakening in his his sexuality yeah um i definitely think that it can it can be seen on, on that level and this section is the most clear <laughs> the most clear mm. representation of that mm. because if he's talking to who's his who is his partner mary something yeah this is mary something like like <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Could he be talking to her like he feels like she's she's abandoned him to to the you know oh he's raging against the injustice of 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 being having this split identity and 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 she he feels abandoned by her or he feels like inevitably she's going to abandon him yeah i think I think that forms part of it, and I also think part of it is that as I say the internal struggle of 
of like you know trying to live these two lives and the public and the secret and and the public and the secret can happen on very personal intimate levels too obviously yes and and i think part of it is is his awakening his internal awakening and realization that no i i can't i need to be i need to live true and accept who i am and my sexuality for what it is and um and and that means sacrificing this the character that he's been inhabiting for so long and for so many people um and i think part of it is is the the death and punishment of of the new freddy of of the one who is i think i think partially the old facade is getting punished well that's the one that's the one that's been killed let's i'll, mm. I'll put it plainly mm-hmm. the old freddy has been killed by the new freddy mm-hmm. and the new freddy is being judged by society and and those around around him so yes um i i can i can see that he would also be asking that question of himself and and his very very closest friends that, yes that feels real to me yeah yeah i mean i think that the the view of it as an allegory i mean i think ultimately this is what makes this song just one of the many Timeless. reasons why it just makes it just such a fabulous piece of work is is the fact that it can be mm. viewed on multiple levels and the mm. allegory mm. of that the autobiograph the autobiographical allegory is a really strong um really strong uh angle on it and especially this section um you know when it would all it would all become clear so i and, and you know not to get way beyond way into the weeds but but um you know a bit of bit of prophecy you think you can love me yeah. and leave me to die. So, you know, this tragic figure of, of what Freddie ultimately became um, and, and really abandoned, like uh, loved, beloved by the fans, but there's nothing they can do uh, at the end of his life to save him. Um, no. it's, it's an amazing thing. So, yes, I think that that is a really, really, yeah. really, really strong um, angle and, and, and lens mm. to view to view it through and especially this section this section just just almost seems like the writer freddie is 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 peeling back the curtain of the allegory of the more literal allegory which which can be viewed of a, of a crime and judgment and stuff like that and just saying with rage you know l- look at me uh, as i really am and don't treat me like this and and i've and i'm trapped and i've got to get out uh Wonderful stuff. Yeah, that's that's the strongest. That's the strongest for me. Yeah, is is that so y- that very personal, mm. real position? Yeah. So yet another voice, even maybe you could say he's using a different voice that he hasn't used in the song. This is like really Freddie's rage. Freddie's. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is where he steps outside mm. of character. Yeah. I think, and it, it, this is as a, you know, as a songwriter, I think you, you know you go through. I think you always try to access that 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 inner truth and that core. You want you want to display your vulnerability because that's where the magic happens. You know, that's when you really draw people in and and they go, yeah, I can connect with this. This this means something to me. But it's it's um it's risky. It's scary to do that. You know, and put your truth out on out for all people to to investigate, and so. I think you often play you, some some people are masters at doing it, but 
I think I think most people that I know as songwriters try and ride a fine line between exposing deep inner vulnerable truths and allowing them to be inhabited by a character so just to add that layer of of distance from from the true personal self of that human being and um and i mean that i th- i think you can you waver between those roles within a in in a single verse even you know and and for who who can tell which is which you know i think that can be very very tricky. Well, and and you know, just uh, to me, the greatest indication that there are all these levels present in it is the fact that Freddie denied it. <laughs> it's just like it's rhyming, it's rhyming nonsense, darling. You know, it's like okay, y- yeah. Or my 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 favorite line: oh, I just want the audience to yeah. figure out what it means to them. Yes, exactly. Know. It's like oh yeah, right, yeah, right. A songwriter this good, this yeah. powerful, as if he wasn't aware of all these. And the levels. rest of the band, the rest yes. of the band, just going yeah. Yeah, it's he just made it up. <laughs> he just made it up. Yeah. This no, is one of stuff. the most thought out, researched, <laughs> deliberately constructed. Yeah. I mean, there's every aspect of this is as poured over with a fine tooth comb. I agree. You know, that's obvious. Let's go to the final passage, you reckon? Shall we go all the way? I think all the way. Yeah, stunning. Ridiculous. Um, well, so the final part, he brings it all the way back to this any way the wind blows, nothing really matters, the kind of nihilism. But it has a completely different tone to it at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's much more melancholy. Much more melancholy, much more ironic. That word is overused, but I think this is very ironic. Yeah. Uh, after we've seen that yeah. obviously this yeah. all really does matter, that everything matters, <laughs> that this person is is on a, in a life and death situation. Yes, for me this is just the last it, it, within the within the narrative framework of a of a of a person on trial for a crime. This is the last gasp of of trying to claim that nothing matters, having having exposed that. It, it really does. They understand. They understand what's at stake. They understand what they've done. They understand the cosmic significance. And then just trying to put on this brave face at the end, um, which doesn't succeed. Yeah. They don't succeed. We know We know that everything matters. 
that's that's from that angle, um, and it's a kind of fatalistic. Yeah, it seems like such a a throwaway. It's a throwaway line from a character resigned yes. to their fate at that. Yeah, point. Yeah, resign, resignation. Yeah, you got it. You got it. And then from the allegory of of Freddie's autobiography, you know, yeah, it's really really laid himself bare on on this. Uh, really really laid himself bare, and especially in that in that previous heavy moment. Um, but so to draw back and kind mm. of say, yeah, hey, you know, it's not it's not serious, guys. It's a bit bit of protection, drawing back from the vulnerability a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, also, you know, I mean, these days, it's, I mean, culturally very different in England, Australia, America, very different. Not in Zanzibar. These days to say, the, <laughs> this is who I am, you yep. know. Very, I mean, very, very different status now to, to make that declaration than it was back then. That's right. Even. Yes, yes, there was still um, very, very strong persecution. But I mean, I mean, f- it, for someone, for someone in our in our modern in our social circles to go, oh, hey, I'm gay, no big deal, or you know, I'm I'm on I'm on some non-binary spectrum, hey, no big deal, you know, that's that's a given for us and for our 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 ilk. Yep. You know, but very different to that scenario yes and so within within that allegory so we have we have the narrative of a, of a crime um being put through the ringer of the and justice not to, system. sorry go ahead apologies not not to di- not to diminish in any way shape or form the the personal sacrifice or impact or or tribulation that that might cause somebody now oh absolutely uh, purely, purely speaking, on the on the general social acceptability scale, in comparison to mid seventies, yes, and legal as well. Like just the mere fact that <laughs> there's no legal, mm, yes, yeah, there's no. I don't know if yeah. we go back a little bit further. I don't think they were. I don't think they were chemically castrating people in Freddie's day in the eighties, but but you know, a little bit before, like the sixties and fifties, you know, in the Britain they were. They were putting people mm. through the terrible strictures of the justice system mm. because of their sexuality. Mm. Just astonishing stuff. Yeah. Um, but but ha- having said all that, wh- whatever the legal scenario was at the time, there was definitely social, massive social pressures and judgments. Huge. And so Hugely. he's, in a way, by, by having these two stories coexisting really concretely, a, a, a murder, a boy on trial for a murder and pleading for forgiveness, not for forgiveness, but for mercy, and then being able to tie that into Freddie's uh, personal situation. He's he's doing what the best metaphors do, and he's giving us who might who may well statistically not not have the same uh, uh, same same life situation as Freddie did. He's giving us an insight into just how. Uh, just how intense and and how how overwhelming that feels. Society's judgment is uh, of of his lifestyle is akin to being cosmically and uh, jurisprudentially judged for a capital crime. So yeah. so he gives you an insight. Like that's how big it feels to be judged by society like and that. The, and the and and the inner the inner turmoil and conflict that goes along with yes accepting oneself yes in the face of such overwhelming um opposition indeed indeed there's a few moments of levity in there but 
it's not really about that. This is a this is a this is a song that is viewed as frivolous and just funny and crazy. And so we dealt with it seriously. That's quite, kind of a juxtaposition. You know, it'll be the okay, opposite fair enough. in other songs. Because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think of it like that. So it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's new for me to hear you say that, and that makes sense to me. I think people do. I don't really think of it as people thinking of it as a throwaway. I do. I know. Do you mean like you know the sort of the Wayne's World yeah, scene, and, and people just think of it yeah. as a bit of a a nineties party? People don't. Right. People don't take Freddie seriously as a lyricist at all. In general, really? Yeah, not in general. Not in general. They, yeah, I'm shocked by that, but I have to accept. The it. thing is, there's so much else about him, performance-wise, piano-wise, songwriting-wise, melody, everything, vocals, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that that kind of mm. make people. They, there's too much to take on board with him before you get to the lyrics. And 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 Bohemian Rhapsody is seen, I think, as a as a deliberately frivolous. Um, mashup just doesn't mean anything. I think I think people accept what he said. It's rhyming nonsense. Wow. I think wow. so. Wow. I just I find that that's gobsmacking. I just I I couldn't think about this song any any differently. Neither could I. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I but I get that impression just because of. Every, you know, I think it's had a renaissance. I think people have have really gone back and looked at it. Um, mm. I don't. Th- I think there's just too much going on in it that people just think, ah, they're they're having fun. They're being crazy. They're being wacky. They're not trying to say anything. They're just mm. they're just experimenting with genres. I think that's what people. How, think. how can you how can you sit there in a studio and jerk jerk a reel to reel off for so many hours with so and you know the the number of staff the techs. The engineers required to do that, and the number of spaces to do that, and the 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 you know the engineering prowess to be able to pull that off, the technical capability to pull it off, and then the performance as you know the three vocalists layering and layering and layering for hours on end, and wearing tape out, and you know having to dub over on a new one, and I mean just just the lengths you go to to create that piece is is mind blowing in a studio. It's just it's insane, and to think that that is just a you know, a three-piece, four-piece band kind of just chucking something down. I mean, it 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 boggles me to think that people could could take that position at all. I I don't know. Well, don't yeah. forget that we're, because I, I agree with you completely. But don't forget that we're left with we're left with largely the Queen's greatest hits. That's what we're left with. That's all anyone ever plays. <laughs> Queen is a ridiculously frivolous band in many respects. If you actually listen to most of their albums, oh, an awful lot of filler. Awful lot of filler, and and I'm not even joking. I'm a huge fan, but man, I, I find their albums virtually unlistenable. No, yeah. And so, yeah. somebody saying that Queen has produced a lyrical masterpiece, even if it's true, which it is true in this case and in many other cases, there's at least three quarters of their oeuvre which is fucking nonsense. <laughs> Absolute fucking nonsense. <laughs> and so, you know, it's very, very easy to dismiss them, largely because of their output at the time. Was a lot of dross and and some mm. absolute humdingers, like astonishing works for the ages. Mm. But but a lot mm. of dross, an awful lot of dross that we're kind of forgetting about. Mm. So it was very easy to dismiss mm. Queen. Fair enough. At the time and, and less so now because we're left with their greatest hits. We're left with... 
memories of the live performances that that came later in their career when they became a stadium rock band. Mm. Before they were a stadium mm. rock band, man, they kind of sucked. To be honest with you, they were very, very, um, <laughs> v- very inconsistent. Is the way that I would describe it. Have you ever you, you could watch a DVD called Milton Keynes live in Milton Keynes? They do not joking. Okay. They do uh, like a fifteen-minute funk odyssey at one point, a funk jam. It's fucking abysmal. Like it's awful. <laughs> it's unlistenable trash. And so, you know, people at the time were just like, ah, these guys are just taking the piss. And they were. And so people mm. think that Bohemian Rhapsody, at least lyrically, like they think they acknowledge musically it's virtuoso. It's an astonishing achievement. But lyrically, a lot of people just think it's, it's kind of a, a, a piss take on stuff. It's just a parody. Mm. It's a parody of, of the genres. Well, Mingo. I think we've 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 gone through line by line. We picked an enormous monster song. We've picked a monstrosity for our very first, <laughs> hopefully first of many episodes. But you know what we want to do is round out each one by saying, yeah. finally, do we agree whether or not we agree that this that this song lyric wise deserves to be preserved for all time in a in an indestructible time capsule um, for to represent you know, represent humanity for whatever is coming, whatever is going to discover it uh, in the future on, 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 and unearth the time capsule. So what do you think? Does it deserve well, let, a place? Let me answer, let me answer that non-rhetorical question. <laughs> um, I, I think, <laughs> let, let me not pause very heavily pregnant. <laughs> um, I, I, I feel that, you know, I mean, considering that it, it, um, it draws from, six or more thousand years of known you know human mythological archetypes and and theology and and the fact that the the questions being asked are the same questions that hopefully all of us ask at some point in our lives about identity and self and and the mystery of existence and 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 the fact that we all we all hopefully, because I say hopefully, it's it's terrible and painful, but it's I think part of the a rite of passage to to question one's self and and one's identity and and your place in in the world and you know beyond society, but also within the framing of society because it's it's hard to escape unless you live as a hermit in a cave. You know these these are eternal questions. These are these are. These these are everyman journeys, and and I think the fact that these these are such universal ideas and are placed into a piece in such a succinct and and yet extremely deep and complex manner, I I think this this should absolutely be preserved for all eternity and all time, um, in the, in the capsule of great lyrics. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I couldn't agree more. It's a really easy episode to start with. It's meaty um, and and <laughs> monstrous in many ways, but but in terms of the decision at the end, it's an easy one. Loads loads is made, and and reams and reams of paper is written about the musical structure of this piece, um, and and a lot of people buy the the declaration by Freddie that the lyrics are just a bunch of rhyming nonsense. Utterly untrue. 
This is one of the absolute high points of lyricism, of of hu- human achievement. You, it, it achieves in six or five and a half minutes what many epic poems of all ages fail to achieve. And so... For- I think it's also important to mention that while it's yeah, six, just over six minutes, but the actual lyric content is so yes. fleeting. That's true too. Yeah. It's insane. Yes. That's right. See, he says so much with so little. So much with so little. The, the sign of a true master. The sign of an oh absolute gosh. master of the craft. And so, w- mm. without hesitation, I agree with you, Mingo. This deserves, <laughs> this deserves to have its place. It's, it's valuable bandwidth, megabit um, place in the indestructible memory stick uh, that we're going to put in this time capsule. So that was it. That was it. That was that we've made our decision. Bohemian Rhapsody is in the lyrical time capsule. It's in. It's in. Uh, so, hey, guys, really hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we hope to return and do another one. If you encounter this online, please drop a comment as to songs that you think lyrically should be up for inclusion and discussion and maybe to secure their place in the lyrical time capsule uh, and uh, get in touch with us. Tell us what you thought of it. Uh, we look forward to doing one or more of these again someday. Thanks for listening. Take care. Yeah, take care above all. And peace. May we have peace. <laughs>